Just let me take my last pill. <laughs> I like that we're all now we're all in our 80s and I have to take a pill before we can like manage the podcast. So I got to get it up first. So. No, just these pills might give me diarrhea, so I want to be careful. I'm really glad I hit record. Thank you for that. You're welcome. If the podcast lasts more than four hours, please consult a physician. Also, if the diarrhea uh, lasts more than four hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, welcome back, dear listeners, to Dance Robot Dance. This is our actual 93rd episode. Uh, we had a little numbering snafu last week. Uh, I, it's you'd say snafu. I redubbed it. All right. Yeah. I, re- I went in and re recorded the little section and it said 92. It obviously <laughs> sounded like I went in and redubbed it, but I did redub it. So. Yeah, I, it's not thanks bad. For, thanks, thanks for outing me, fucker. <laughs> you knew I was going to do it. Oh, I totally did. <laughs> so now I'm going to like walk you through the next oh, no. 10, 15 minutes, We're, the entire plot of Avengers we, Infinity War. We are in a weird place this week, folks. <laughs> due, to, due to some scheduling snafus on behalf of one Christy Brianna Bolton, we... Uh, who, will not, who will remain kind of nameless, who will but remain we are going to rag on her for fucking everything. <laughs> we we are recording this later than we expected to, and so two thirds of the podcast has now seen Avengers: Infinity War, and one being me has not yet. I'm going to see it as immediately after we finish recording, uh, because the people that wanted to accompany me couldn't go until Sunday because they were moving this weekend. So I was trying to be a good friend, and then like as soon as like Friday night hit and Mark had seen it, I knew I'd made like a grave error in judgment. I was like, I should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was even even Thursday night. I was sitting uh, like we didn't record on Thursday night, so I was sitting there like, "Fuck me, I should be watching <laughs> Infinity War right now." Like, I don't. Yeah. God, I was so for like five seconds, I was blisteringly angry at Christy, like just so angry at Christy for like <laughs> for for having a livelihood that sometimes requires her to work in the evenings. Yeah, I was just like, God damn it, Christy, you could be watching that I'm right so now. sorry. They asked me Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, and I like messaged you guys immediately. It was one of those like yeah. weird situations, too, where I kind of said to my bosses, I was like, actually, I-, I have plans tomorrow. And they were like, we know, and we're so sorry, but my one boss had already booked the day off, and then the other has a daughter and like couldn't get a babysitter that quick. And that's more important than goddamn me seeing the Avengers or us recording the podcast. Here's here's what you do. You agree to babysit the child and then have the child nearby while we record the pod, our totally G-rated podcast. Yeah, that's, and we especially need Christy talking in front of a kid. (laughs) We're going to get sued (laughs) if we do that. We should Uh do that. Kid will end up super racist. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it'll be all unintentional racism. Yeah, exactly. Just like casual, just offhanded. Um, unintentionally planning like the Zion protocols, <laughs> like reenactment or something. Like so that. yeah, so uh, I think that's a good idea. No, Christy, bad. Christy. Somehow I have a, a, uh, managed to avoid Infinity War spoilers over the course of the weekend, even though I haven't like cut myself off from Facebook. I did time travel to avoid it, which we'll get into a little bit later. But yeah, so this is literally like the last like two hours of like minefield that I need to tread to make it into Infinity War unspoiled. So. And you're sitting, you're sitting here having a conversation this, with people who are super enthused and just yeah. saw the movie. Like this, so. this is this is uh, dangerous territory here, folks. Dangerous games. I have vowed in our chat to not spoil Tim because I would never want to uh, to do that to a fellow fanboy. Even though I think I said, even though you are a filthy <laughs> DC plebe, I'm I'm still going to allow this one. I'm going to try and be good. So if you get spoiled, 
I think Miss Bolton will be the one who does well, it's it. It's going to but... be even more difficult because this week we are continuing our uh, two-part extravaganza as we sort of uh, sum up the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far and all the things that lead directly to Infinity War. So next week, you guys will get to hear our uh, our full rundown of what we all thought of Infinity War. And uh, well, I don't want to go any further into that because that's just dangerous territory. But before that, let's yeah, we've got our usual crew here this week. Obviously, <laughs> uh, we've got Christy with us or Christy partially with us. Hi. <laughs> Christy, Christy's, Christy's sick, sick again. Yeah, I pushed too hard. And, uh, and Mark with us. How's it going, guys? <laughs> I'm not sick. And myself, Tim, hosting <laughs> hosting this week. So yeah, we have one one sicky, one non sicky, and uh, what yeah, somebody and somebody I who hasn't seen Infinity War like a goddamn plebe. So <laughs> somebody has. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I saw it like I got it like half an hour ago or an hour ago now. But uh, yeah, so let's 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 get away from Marvel for a little bit. Well, no, let's not. Because one of my articles this week, even though I know we said like, hey, we're gonna try and like stick to stuff that's you know important. There is a line of Avengers sex toys. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty exciting. What? <laughs> they are called Indulger's Pleasure War. Ew. There is a huge green pink or a huge green Hulk dick, an Iron Man like red and gold. There's a cap butt plug too. with <laughs> yeah, uh, with and a, and a Captain America butt plug. Uh, so you can have a butt plug civil war. <laughs> and the the uh, the. Iron Man one has a uh, an arc reactor as like yeah, the base yeah. of it. I think it glows too. Like, is it not battery powered? I think it lights up. Oh, maybe that'd be awesome if, <laughs> if, if it uh, lit up. That and, would like, be vibrated. Awesome. <laughs> um, there's there's a Thor's hammer where the uh, handle is a like big ridged yeah. dildo. There seems to be oh, there's a Scarlet Witch uh, like fleshlight knockoff. That's, uh, that's Scarlet Widow or Black Widow, not Scarlet Witch. Uh, yeah, Black Widow. Sorry, uh, Black Widow. Um, there is a huge gold uh, Infinity Gauntlet fist yeah. <laughs> and a black like arrow dildo for Hawkeye. Well, I know, I know what you guys are getting for Christmas this year from me. Hawkeye's so. <laughs> not even in it. One and two, like spoilers, Chris. No spoilers. It's not a spoiler. He went on. He went said it online like months ago. I know. It's, I'm just. No, yeah, that's not a spoiler. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> no, I don't get it. Why would you make a Black Widow one? Black Widows eat their prey when they're gone. That thing's going to be laced in poison. Honestly, <laughs> it's going to eat, eat, chew up your dick. There's only it's only a matter of time until like some knockoff sex toy like chews up somebody's penis. Well, if it hasn't happened already, probably has happened already. Also, it's Scarlett Johansson. Who's going to say no? Even if you are going to get eaten after the fact, like <laughs> worth it. True. Worth it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's on the more serious side of things. Uh, Westworld returned. The premiere was last weekend. Did no, you guys no, see that? I am. I think I'm. I'm going to trade weight it. I want to binge it. I heard not, not yeah. great things about it. Really? Though, so yeah. Hmm? I I watched the premiere. I, I enjoyed okay. it. Um. It. Yeah. There's there's some crazy shit revealed even in that like first episode. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see where it go. Where seeing where it goes for sure. Yeah, I'm going to binge it. So. Let's see. We got a an announcement for a director for the Star Trek movie verse, and it is the first. Even though there was that talk about uh, Quentin Tarantino doing an R rated script, this is not that. Uh, it is a female uh, director named Oh Jesus, where's her name? Uh, S. J. Clarkson uh, will direct the fourth sort of new generation of Star Trek movies. She has done in the past. Uh, she's 
directed stints on Jessica Jones, the Defenders, and Life on Mars. I don't know what Life on Mars is. Ooh, Life on Mars was good. Was is it the UK or the US version? I don't know. I'm guessing yeah. the US version yeah. since she seems like a US yeah. director since most of the shows she seems to have done have been uh, US, but uh it doesn't matter. Both versions of the show are excellent. Um I actually really recommend mm-hmm. Life on Mars. It's only like a one or two season thing, but it's like the British one's amazing, but the English one's really good or the American one's really good too. So yeah, but it's been making a lot of waves just because it's finally like one of these big two sci-fi franchises are finally having a female helmed film. So that's exciting. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny that like Marvel and DC both kind of beat Star Trek and Star Wars to that. When you think about it, like as big, big sci-fi franchises, I'm sure women have directed. I know for sure women have directed episodes of Star Trek series in the past because like, mm. like I think it's Roxanne Dig- Biggs that who played Bellana, I know she's directed like a ton of enterprise episodes and stuff. So yeah. Well, none of the MCU movies were female directed, were they? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the TV shows, like we, oh, we talked about all the Jessica Jones shows. You're right. They weren't. I think, I think I'm trying to remember. Cause there was a woman, I think it might've been Patty Jenkins actually, who was in talks to do Thor two at one mm. point, And then that fell apart. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, but there was a, there was a woman who was, slated to direct the dark world that it didn't happen so yeah i don't remember who the director on dark world was i know but i did watch the special features long ago and i know it wasn't patty jenkins it was a guy from game of thrones that much i remember right. like i know he, he directed game of thrones episodes beforehand so yeah that was, that was all and the movie's so forgettable that who cares <laughs> yeah exactly we got some news about a the next star wars animated series called star wars resistance so after Star Wars Rebels came to a close earlier this year, the next one, Resistance, is going to be set um, just before the new trilogy, basically, just before Force Awakens. So it's, I guess it's going to kind of cover like the dawn of the Resistance. So, uh, I mean, I'm pumped for that. Rebels was good overall, so uh, I'll keep watching these Star Wars animated series. Of course you will. It <laughs> uh, looks like it might be more. It looks like it might be more anime influenced than sort of the CG stuff that they've been doing. Um, we'll see how it actually ends up looking like. But nice. What else did I have? Uh, Batman Ninja came out this past week, which Mark has, I think, is the only one of us that's watched so far. Yeah, probably. I watched it this week. It was batshit insane. Like this. <laughs> completely like it was like a batman anime and it's exactly what you would expect from it like there's giant robots and cute monkeys for no reason it was like it was weird like really it's totally worth sitting through like get bombed first and then watch it but like it was it was worth sitting through it was pretty trippy and stuff so but like the visuals were really cool and like the voice acting was pretty decent and stuff considering like i wasn't expecting a lot from it but it was it was entertaining for the 90 minutes or however long it lasted so yeah yeah, uh, I'll I'll get to it at some point because I've watched all of the uh, DC animated movies at some point, and I think I'm like maybe one or two behind right now. But uh, yeah, everything I've seen has just said that it it's fucking bananas. But it, and some people have said like bananas in a good way. Some people are just like this is just ridiculous yeah. and unnecessary. Yeah, it, it's I I kind of landed between those two. Like it is like really insane, but I I had a good time watching it, so I'm like ah, I'm fine that it exists. I guess yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not even going to this. There's another article this week about that. George R. R. Martin's Winds of Winter isn't coming out till 2018 or uh, isn't coming out this year. But that's hardly news at this point. (laughs) You guys know you're never getting that book, right? Like the series is Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. I I, I, I haven't read the books. I 
I would like to at some point, but I, I really don't want to mm-hmm. read them until the fucking series is done. The series so. is done. Yeah. I, I, I refuse to read those just like I refuse to read the winds of winter because the fucking series isn't over yet. And I don't know if these guys are going to die before it ends. And I, I'm not, I don't need another Dune in my life. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I want the actual ending. Yeah. We caught a new Venom trailer this week in which we did actually get to see Venom for better or for worse. <laughs> meh. Meh. All I can say about that is meh. That's all I care about. Like it's, it doesn't even look, it doesn't look, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look good. It just looks like, why are we doing this? Yeah, I agree entirely. At this point where like the thing that most people are looking for from these movies is like, you know, continuity and connectedness to a wider universe. Why are you going to make this movie? That's just sort of set on its own as far as we know. And yeah, just no characters that anybody's really familiar with from yeah, so I don't know. There's still those rumors Tom Holland is actually supposed to be in it, like as a cameo, but I don't yeah. know if that's true or not. And like, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. They're going to reboot the character in a couple of years anyway, and he'll show up in the MCU. You know, all this is going to happen one day or or another. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale also came back. Have you guys started watching that? Mark, did you ever watch the first season? No, I never did. Actually, it's still sitting on my hard drive. I need to get into it. So, but no, I have not. That was the other big TV return this week. Uh, Christy, you watched the first season, didn't you? No, not yet. No, I really need to. It was good. Um, I, like I really, I really want to see it. Yeah, I watched the first season all the way through, and I watched the first two episodes that have aired of this season so far. Um, it's still pretty good. The fucking like shitty music cues are still in there, where there's like some idiot on the, doing the music supervising and just dropping in like completely inappropriate fucking pop songs wherever he feels like it in this like morbid world and yeah just like there's like articles trying to justify it out there because i keep like for a show that does everything else pretty well it's just so fucking jarring and like the music supervisor said like yeah we're trying to like juxtapose like the darkness of the world and like we're trying to give people some little light moments to get out of it i'm like no that's you're just lazy that's uh that's that's not exactly making me want to sit through it either. Cause like music usually like that will affect my, it's so uh, important. Yeah. I mean, this, yeah. Like this, the score itself is really solid and it's only like maybe once every couple episodes that there's one of these like really inappropriate music cues. But for me, at least they're really jarring when they do happen. Oh, good. Duly noted. I'll, I'll keep my eye out for it when I do. Stuff. <laughs> so. Let's see. In news that made me sad this week, Ash versus evil dead is canceled and is not getting a fourth season yeah that's and i know that's a show sucks. that both mark and i have watched i'm super yeah. excited i gotta sit through season three still i haven't watched any of it yet but i'm very excited for it yeah. i guess the other news that's related to that was that uh, bruce campbell said he's retiring as ash also like he's not going to do that character anymore wow which well we'll, we'll see again. i mean obviously exactly. like, right, for right now he's saying like he's done which is too bad because it would have been nice to like well, they rebooted the movie have franchise. a proper send-off kind of thing. And then, like, yeah, they would have been nice to have a proper send-off for Ash. Because, like, that's a, it's a really fucking influential character that's been around for a long time now. And, like, only Bruce Campbell has played it. It's, like, almost like Indiana Jones. Just not as, you know, not that, not to that level. But it's, like, it's only been that one guy who's played him. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, the ends of the first two seasons were, like, could have served as series finales if they'd had to. So yeah. I, I'm only halfway through this season uh, now as well, although I think just today maybe the finale ended. I'm not sure. It was the 10th episode, but I can't remember if that's the last episode of the season. So it's entirely possible that this uh, season will end in something that kind of wraps everything up nicely for Ash Williams. 
That would be ideal because, yeah, he, I think he deserves it at this point. He's been through enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's an asshole. Oh, he's a total prick, but like he, he's a lovable <laughs> prick. So yeah, you love him anyway. In uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to touch the uh, Allison Mack sex cult scandal thing. She's what? she's been arrested now. So yeah. Oh yeah, right. right, right I would. Right, right. Uh, I think at, at the very least, we should. I would at least recommend uh, the most recent episode or side story episode of Last Podcast on the Left goes into great depth with it. I try to get these two guys, these two fucking animals, to listen to it, and they just don't have time. But <laughs> if you are interested in that whole weird, like Allison Mack is in a sex cult thing that's going on, uh, Last Podcast in the Last Most Recent Episode did like an hour on it, and it was very informative and like got right into the nitty gritty of everything on it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go, go listen to that. Uh, that that the, one's been in the news a lot and crossed over into mainstream news media quite yeah. a bit. So uh, if you haven't seen that, you're probably under a fucking rock. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, if you want to, like, super informative look at it, like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's the best way, to, the best place to get it that is also going to be extremely entertaining because those yeah. guys are fucking funny. So I did see that she'd ret- she tried to recruit some other female celebrity. I can't remember who it was, but there was, uh, they said it in the last podcast. I'll, I'll have to look, like, look at it, look at it again, but there was somebody, it was a big name too, that she yeah. knew. So yeah. and I know Kristen Kruick was involved at one point as well. Yeah. Like, I think she got out a lot earlier. Yeah. 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 Like Allison Mack's under arrest now, I think. So like, she should be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah, a weird, it's a weird story. I really think you guys should listen to that. Uh, <laughs> That podcast because like Henry and Ben really get into it and it's very impressive. So yeah, like, it's just weird. It's just like it's weird to listen to and just be like, God, this is actually happening. Like, yeah, this is this is real life. Holy <laughs> fuck! Like, is yeah. this real there's, life? there's some weird fucking people out there. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, uh, and then yeah, let's see the uh, the only other one, um, the Eisner Awards, which are sort of the the comic book graphic novel award nominees got announced this week. I won't go too much into depth into them, but just to say they're out there now. And in terms of controversy around them too, I saw this week, a lot of colorists are getting pissy about, uh, yeah, there's a lot of Twitter stuff about like, uh, colorists not being included in the creative team. Hmm. When they announced the like book of the year or like the, the series, like the best ongoings and stuff like that, the colorist isn't involved, which is like, they're a big fucking part of modern comic book like creation. And so I'm like, should really get on like that modernizing it so that the colorist is part of the team because they yeah, exactly. have a huge influence on the look and feel of everything that goes on in the book. So well, especially considering now that like the lines are becoming so blurred with so many people doing digital comic book art that like a lot of the time there's like one, you know, they're just listed as artists, right? You know, there yeah. might be one or two just people listed as artists and it's sort of not really clear you know, and, yeah. and well, I mean, the the sort of roles of like penciler or anchor don't necessarily exist in a digital illustration kind of world. Not really. It's 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 very delineated now to like just like the colorist kind of takes it over from the the especially if they're a digital artist. Like the, mm-hmm. the digital artists tend to be like they ink themselves, so they're drawing themselves mm-hmm. in ink and digital because you can erase, right? Like, so it's not as big a deal. Like, you don't have to be that accurate. You can get back in there. And- mm-hmm clean your lines out and stuff before you send it on to the colorist. But then the colorist has such a huge influence on just the tone of everything that they really should be. I think, especially and like, I agree with everybody that's on Twitter saying this, like color should absolutely be part of the conversation when it comes to like best creative team or best yeah, like book or whatever. Like they should be included in that because they, they have a big influence on how shit like comes across to the reader. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the ones on there that I was really happy to see were uh, Tom King for best writer because he's been doing amazing yeah. things both on Batman and on uh, uh, Mr. Miracle. 
Jeff Lemire, Canadian shout out there. Yeah. Um, and the really weird one. Well, no, let's see what else uh, is on here. The the Tanahisi Coates uh, Black Panther World of Wakanda series got a nod for best limited series. And there's a lot of love. That's that. That's right. It's that Black Black no, that Black Panther series has been getting a lot of buzz in like Marvel circles. Like a lot of people are talking about it. Like, yeah, it's, it's apparently spectacularly good. So yeah, I've heard some good stuff about it as well. I'm gonna go Comicsology that shit. I think in the next couple of days and see how it is. The one that's really weird for me is there's is. Uh, the DC Flintstone series has been popping up all over. What? Uh, yeah. So DC has this Flintstones, like sort of reboot kind of series that uh, is getting a lot of love critically over the last like year or two. Um, who's doing it? It is uh, Mark Russell, Steve Pugh, Rick Leonardi and Scott Hanna are doing it for DC. Um, Cause DC has all those Hanna-Barbera properties. I don't yeah. I don't read that side of the DC universe but yeah that's that's just weird for me to see them that's, like listed yeah. amongst all of these like indie comics and like uh superhero comics and shit like that. That is pretty weird but like that that like pulpy or well, not pulp but like poppy kind of uh comic book is kind of in vogue right now with Riverdale and stuff right? True. So like I can kind of see that making a little bit more of a splash and stuff. It's been weird though. Cause a lot of like franchise or like licensed books, the last little while have been getting a lot of praise. I remember there's a lot of people talking about the IDW transformer series right now. Like apparently it's really oh, yeah? stepped up its game the last like year or two. So one plus the, the, uh, that injustice series was, has yeah. ended up being massive as well, uh, which was just, yeah. you know, basically a video game tie in and now has had something like, I think over a hundred issues or something like that. And then yeah, it's bordering on its own like comic series. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's bordering on its own comic series at this point, which or is its own like kind of sort of universe kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they almost, actually, yeah. that yeah. there is a crossover. That's like the star or the injustice universe. Fuck. I'm, I can't remember what they're crossing it over with. It's like star Trek or something like that is, uh, so they're doing like a six issue, like limited series where that like DC injustice universe is crossing over with, Something else. I, I want to say, or, or Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. In, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds weird. But anyways, that sounds weird, but that was, whatever. That was a tangent. Um, and then the last one was, this is just sort of a rumor at this point, but, you know, sort of coming full circle back to Marvel, where we're going to spend most of our time this week, um, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Apparently, there are musings at Marvel about making an Eternals movie. The Eternals being, like, sort of the pantheon of gods of the celestial kind of gods of the marvel comics universe that'll probably go over about as well as the inhumans did uh <laughs> and i and as the marvel guy like i'm saying that like as somebody who would go see it if it did come out yeah. i don't good luck with that <laughs> yeah i mean it's a it's an old jack curry concept and it's one of those ones that visually would be pretty difficult i think to transfer into live action um plus you've already got dc you know, trying to do something Just very similar with new gods. And these are not even like, there's no argument to be made that like, these are the analogous characters on the Marvel side. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. It might be one of those ones where they just like sort of put that information out there just to see what people think about it and what the response is, you know, to kind of test the waters, yeah. which and when the internet shrugs mad, they'll just like, eh, we we were just kidding about that. Yeah, we'll do, yeah, we'll put that on the back burner for now. So, yeah. But that was all the news I had that was fit to print this week. Unless you guys had anything to add. 
Sweet I mean, Jesus, no, there's only one other thing to talk about. So yes. the, the, most of the news this week was uh, was regarding Infinity War and its release and the premiere and everything. So which we'll get to next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like it is it's not really a spoiler to say that it is fucking like just crushing box office, yeah. like just decimating box office right now. Yeah. So I think it did like 40 million dollars in its preview night, which is like astronomically high. So, yeah. But anyway, let's uh, let's move on so we don't spoil shit. Yeah, exactly. So let, with that, let us move on to our. This is probably going to be a really unexciting sting for Christy because she's still here, half out of it here. Geek of the week. Geek of the week. Geek of the week. Geek, 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 So let's go to Christy first, since she's been kind of quiet. What Christy was the geekiest thing you did this week? Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> I meant to press mute. Weezy, what was the geekiest thing you did this um, week? Um, okay, it was, <laughs> how do I do this without spoilers? Some guys came in, it was happened an hour, or like I guess three hours ago, four hours ago. I was sitting waiting to start watching Infinity War with my mark, and these two guys came in during the the trailers and sit down and just start talking full volume. And they were like, yo, do you think that Miss Marvel is going to be in this movie? And I just almost like looked at them and went, it's Captain Marvel, you swine. Like it took <laughs> all of me to just be like, who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> just like... <laughs> They're not a hundred percent wrong. She was, Miss Marvel for a long time. She's just I was just like so I was so last, like, mad. Years, I was just sitting there but and then they were like, well, also who comes in and starts talking full volume even during the trailer? I know, dicks. Yeah. Dicks do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just like I'm sitting there with Mark and he's like, I'm holding his hand. I just start to like, you know when you're mad and you start to like just grip things a lot harder? Whether it's like your partner's <laughs> hand or like the the like chair or penis, penis. Or, you know. and um, yeah. hey, I don't know about any of what you guys are talking about now. You guys have me super confused. <laughs> well, you know, like, I'm just picturing Christy like giving giving other Mark a handy in the theater, like an angry, yeah, an angry, 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 angry really, really rough, angry yeah. handy. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, my shit, my receding inside of me, thinking of yeah. Imagine that you. with this face and all the sniffles going along with it. So hot, so hot, and all the mucus. Um, Christy, we got We got to start our mucus cast. To it. Christy and Tim's Mucus Cast, yeah. episode two. I actually would do that. It would be super gross and awesome. Okay, trust me, you two, you two fuckers, if I did a super cut of all the times I have to like cut you guys sneezing or <laughs> barking up chunks of lung or sniffling into the microphones or whatever it is, like it would be a three-hour long super cut <laughs> episode. Some people listen that's to our, it, too. Our, our, yeah, that's going to be our 100th episode. Yeah, yeah that's the 100th episode. <laughs> I'm going to go back through 93 other episodes and cut out... <laughs> From the original tracks, Christy and Tim, Christy and Tim coughing and sniffling and like farting into the microphones and shit. It's gonna be disgusting. Farting, yeah. I mean, we do talk out of our ass a lot on this podcast, but yes, we do. Um, yeah. So that was probably, and then like just sitting there, and every time like this one guy would lean over and like he'd start like talking to his friend full volume and be like, "Yo, what do you think about this?" This it would be like a Marvel thing, and I just kept thinking about you two and being like, "They know nothing." I have to like. I have to <laughs> yeah. keep my. Uh... 
I was uh, I was sat in front of a couple of like they must have been like they couldn't have been any older than eighteen like seventeen eighteen or like high school kids and they were talking about stuff They're like I read on the internet this that and the other thing and my eyes are just like oh just rolling into the back of my head I was like all right they're new they'll figure it out eventually but like. Yeah. <laughs> The movie, the movie hasn't started yet. They're still talking. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm frustrated listening. It to was them, just but like, I'm fine. and at the end, you know how every every Marvel movie has their end thing. Yeah, and like everyone in the theater walked out, save like twenty people. I was like, do they not know what? this is a Marvel movie? And my mark was like, well, there might not be one this time. And I was like, absolutely, fucking there's going to be one this time. That much I've seen is that I know there's a post credit scene. I've had yeah. people tell me that yeah. at least. Yeah. And see, at our screening, it was like people people got up and, were, and then looked around at each other and were like, oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And there's everybody sat down. So this is like a Friday, like the first showing on a Friday afternoon kind of thing that I went to. But so I was just we were all the hardest of the hardcore, I think. And like people kind of got up to stretch their legs because they've been sitting there for a while, obviously. But not many people left the theater. We were all just kind of sitting there like, what the fuck? Can we just get let's get to the end credits here and get our little stinger and then go ram- rant at, at nobody in my case. Cause I didn't have anybody to talk to about it till like <laughs> yesterday, but yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. I, but I'm not going to say anymore. Cause I don't feel like I'm going to say something to spoil something. I may already have, I feel bad. No, we haven't said anything. There's nothing been said. I'm working very hard to wa- walk around <laughs> like what yes, they were confused Like the actual about. movie. This is the walking on eggshells episode of, uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's only going to get worse when we get back into the meat too. Cause like, that's just going to be like, I can't answer that question anymore. I can't answer that question anymore. I can't you answer that question anymore. You have to answer those questions though. Bef- like in no, the mindset of before you have to answer them yes yeah there's only one that i really can't answer anymore and it's like the last ones that are like what are you expecting yeah. out of infinity yeah. war because like i know no, we'll the rest of them i had written everything i had written everything before yeah. we i saw infinity war so i was like i still have that content we'll just go with that yeah. so there it is <laughs> all right well mark what was your geek of the week then I'm going to talk about a video game. Holy shit. God of War is amazing. Go fucking get it. If you have PlayStation four, like Tim, I'm, I'm bordering on buying you one just so you can play this game. It is fucking believable. The first boss battle is the greatest superhero fight I've ever seen or been a part of in a video game ever. It is unbelievably good. Nice. Super violent, amazing story. And like, the, it is gorgeous. Like it's the best looking game on the system by a country mile. They just killed it with this God of War. And it's not even like the old like super arcadey whatever like and like Kratos is way more of an interesting character than he was before. Kratos. Kratos, sorry, Kratos. Sorry, it's a much that's more, my geek of the week. <laughs> yeah. Kratos is a much more interesting character than he ever was in any of the classic Greek God of Wars. And like Christy looks like she's choking on something really <laughs> awful right now. Yes. So that's we're very exciting. thankful for Christy's mute button right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because <laughs> it looks it looks it looks tasty. It looks whatever she just popped it. <laughs> <laughs> either way uh yeah if you are a playstation 4 owner and you haven't picked up god of war you are fucking up at life so just go pick it up it's got everything you could possibly want whether you're an rpg or an action guy just go play it well i'm extremely extremely excited by watching christy's face right now because <laughs> she does not look happy at all and she's still muted yep. you okay kid just nod if you're okay <laughs> no all right God of War is one of those series that I'm sort of like mildly intrigued by. It's one of those series that like if I had infinite time and infinite resources kind of thing, I would probably check out. Um, yeah. So someday maybe if I become independently wealthy. It doesn't require infinite. Yeah, they're actually really short games. If you played the main, if you played the main series, they're like eight hours to run through. If you played them on like a normal or easy setting kind of thing, mm. they're just fun and like super violent. The new one 
is a little bit more in depth, a little bit more Zelda esque, I guess, but it is still, it's still like it's, it's changed the combat system and changed the way that everything kind of plays, but it's still, yeah, like a 20 hour. They're, ma- yeah, they're made to just like, they're an excuse to just hack, slash, and yeah. kill and like destroy everything that's ultimate powerful, which makes that. Yeah, really you're just fun. like a rage beast, really, like just cut, cutting through things in the most brutal and violent way you possibly can with your bare hands and a pair of knives attached to chains that are attached to your wrist. So Sounds it's like fun. fun. They're fun. <laughs> the new one, but the new one, though, has got a mechanic where like they don't have the chain things anymore. They have he's using it's almost Mjolnir, like he's using an axe that I think he stole from somebody, but like it comes back to him the way Thor does. Like you actually have a button that like you'll throw it at somebody. And then call it back, and it just makes you feel like Thor. It's like this is fucking badass. So <laughs> nice. Just when you like, there's like a giant like Goliathy like troll thing coming at you, and you fucking peg it in the eye with the axe, kind of thing, and then you pull it back, and like all the gore comes out along with the axe. It's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Nice. All right, my let's see. I've had a really geeky week. Playing a lot more Zelda. So it was difficult to pick. Yeah, played a lot more Zelda. I had a, a monitor die, so I got to go like computer component shopping, uh, and I brought Mark in on that. But uh, yeah. ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, my geek of the week was definitely what I did yesterday, which was that uh, Alicia and I made our annual jaunt to the Georgia Renaissance Festival, uh, and I basically went. 500 years back in time to fake England just to avoid Infinity War spoilers. <laughs> it's a valid life choice, actually. Yeah. It's a, probably a really good idea. Uh, good way to live. Yeah. Ideal way to live. So, uh, But yeah, Alicia did her whole like uh, sort of Renaissance medieval garb kind of thing, and I uh, wore my kilts and... <laughs> you alright there, Chrissy? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and Did we you get yourself another horn or whatever you bought last year. No, I brought, I brought you bought my, there last year? Yeah, I brought my drinking horn and I used it all day. Nice. Uh, I remember that's... when you got that. You were so proud. Yeah, I just remember when he spilled his fucking beer three times in one episode all on over all of his shit. Yeah, all yeah, over my so good. all over my fucking Keep keyboard. Work. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> didn't do that yesterday. I didn't have any spills yesterday, right. but yeah, right. no, it was it was it felt fun just walking around there drinking out of this drinking horn all day and eating meats on sticks and other completely historically inaccurate things. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was my weekend. So with that, I guess we're ready to get to our meat of the episode. Meat of the episode. Marvelous. This week we'll give Mark his merry Marvel marching meat. Damn right. <laughs> Damn right. Marching meat version episode two. <laughs> yeah, part two version. <laughs> part two of our uh, sort of MCU uh, wrap up. Since uh, we, you know, quickly last week just uh, learned that we had way more than we were ever going to be able to cover in a single week. So this week we're going to get more into sort of the uh, the nitty gritty. Let's say you know rather than like more sort of overarching stuff. Well, we'll talk a bit about more overarching stuff as well. But uh, uh, maybe maybe some more like sort of offbeat questions and that kind of thing. So first off, I just, I mean, we've all been in this world for like 10 years and uh, experienced a lot about it. And there's probably things we like about it and things we don't. What are your favorite aspects overall of how the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been executed? It doesn't have to be like, you know, a specific character or something like that. But just what about these movies is it that keeps bringing you back to it? Mark, you look like you're ready to answer. 
there's a couple things. There's, I mean, obviously there's a ton of stuff. I'm a giant Marvel fanboy. So seeing all this stuff translated across like from the comic page relatively accurately to the movie screen has been a big like thing for me. So that's been very exciting. The fact that they're really good at kind of overall keeping the continuity that they want that they create and then kind of tucking away the parts they don't want and then moving along the line that they want has been pretty effective. I think the Mm -hmm. biggest thing though is casting. They have crushed casting at every point. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, we've talked about RDJ last week and throughout the run of the podcast ad nauseum that he's just been amazing as Iron Man. I guarantee you that's going to continue into the, into next week's episode too. But everything, like everyone just crushes, even people that I'm like, well, that's kind of a weird choice or like I wasn't expecting it. Like uh, I was thinking about like Elizabeth Olsen in particular, who I... Oh, she's killing it. But, but before when they cast her, I was like, oh, really? An Olsen twin is going to be like the Scarlet Witch? <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah. She's not an Olsen twin. And I, I wasn't crazy about her in... Uh, in no, not in Civil War. Oh. I, was, I wasn't super crazy about her in Age of Ultron, but I sort of came to like her a little bit more in Civil War. Yeah, Civil War. She she grows as a character quite a bit, and then like I, this this answer may be influenced a little bit by what I have already seen. <laughs> so there is that, but I I think what, like that that's the kind of thing where like I wasn't expecting anything much out of that actress going yeah. into it, and she just crushed it. And like the same thing, I guess to the, a certain extent, like Scar- Scarlett Johansson is kind of the same thing. I was like, yeah, they cast her because she's just smoking hot, and like that's what Black oh, Widow she's needs. Killing it. But she's fantastic in the movies. Like she's so good in Winter Soldier. She's so good in Civil War. Like anytime she shows up, she's awesome. So I'm just like, they just kill the casting. Like yeah, all of them, I mean, and especially like the big three and yeah, yeah Thor and Cat, Thor, Cat, RDJ. Like they're huge. Like Chris Hemsworth is amazing. Like he is Thor to me now. Like I can't picture anybody else. Let's not forget Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, see, that's a little bit more of a mixed thing because there's been so many of him before. Like, you still have the Edward Norton thing. I do think Ruffalo's infinitely better than Edward Norton was. Like, I like his character. I like he Edward fits Norton. in with the MCU. He yeah. wouldn't have fit in yeah. with the MCU as nicely as Ruffalo yeah, that's does. True. So that's true. I'm trying to think of who else. The only one that like really gets me, like, I'm like, oh, that that one is kind of disappointing. Is Colby Smulders as Maria Hill? I'm just like, it's not the same character, but that's they haven't killed Fury yet, so. Usually, like in the comics, when he dies, she kind of takes over Shield and stuff, and that's where she becomes mm-hmm. like a big deal. And they haven't had a chance to do that yet, so that's the version of the character I like a lot. So her being kind of like Tony or uh, Nick's number two, or, uh, Fury's number two is kind of like, eh, all right, whatever. She's there and she's cute and whatever, but like yeah. she hasn't had anything to do yet, which is a little disappointing. So, but yeah, so that's my big thing. Casting is like casting's the big thing for me. She was one of the characters going through on my rewatch that I, you know, my MC you rewatch. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, every time she's on there, I like seeing her. I like like seeing what she does. But yeah, they never really ended up giving her too much to do overall. Yeah, yeah. For me, I mean, I'm with you on the casting for sure. The continuity is really the big one for me. Like being a big <laughs> comic book nerd, and arguably DC Comics focuses a little bit more on continuity overall than Marvel comics tend to. Maybe maybe that's gone back and forth over the years, but the that's always the stories that I really enjoy are ones that have a lot of nods to past stories and past continuity and past character moments and stuff like that. So getting to see that on the big screen is really cool. This is a total tangent, but like I always feel like Marvel does it better in a smaller way than DC does, like just having like people kind of show up books. Well, not even that, but just like, oh, like Spider-Man's having a problem. Hugo runs over and talks to Daredevil, like just little like one off kind of crossover things like that. Whereas like DC, I think, does those big universe kind of crossovers yeah. a little bit, probably a little bit more effectively than Marvel does. Marvel tends to kind of they meander and do too many of them a little bit to yeah. me. But yeah, either way, 
Yeah. Not a problem in the movie. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just like how tied together the films are, even from like early on in the process, you know, you would see like stuff from one movie be mentioned in the next and like events from the previous movies obviously have lasting impacts on uh later stories and and on the characters and stuff like that. And I love being able to see that cuz that's not something you can often see in a film franchise. Uh, because, you know, people are generally, I mean, m- these movies are almost like one big serialized story, like one huge season of television kind of thing. Oh, you have no idea how right you are right now. No I know. idea. <laughs> no uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, obviously all of that is sort of culminating in Infinity War right now. So, but I mean, stuff like having Thunderbolt Ross, who was from probably the least connected movie in the series. Yeah, um, up, to, up to that point in Civil War. Yeah. Uh, come back in this in civil war and be the one that's like the proponent for the Sokovia Accords. Or this is one I, that I noticed that they never even really shine a light on or mention. But I'm pretty sure that the uh, spear that Thor uses, like once he loses his hammer, the uh, spear that he uses to fight Hela in the throne room in Ragnarok is yeah. Loki's spear from like the mm-hmm. very first Thor movie. It's Odin's actually. Oh, okay. Odin, uh, like the like even the the Norse mythological Odin carries a giant spear. Mm-hmm. It's got a name I can't remember, but he uses Odin's spear to fight yeah. Hela at the end of mm-hmm. at the end of Ragnarok. So okay, but again, like they don't they don't shine a light on it or anything. No. Like it's just he's got a weapon from somewhere, and yeah. you know if you're if you're keen and have watched the movies you know enough times, then you might recognize that it's something that you've seen before, sort of thing. And I love those sort of little weird continuity nods, kind of thing. Oh God, it only gets better. I can't. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, fuck. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the things I'm really excited. I am really excited to see Infinity War because I know, you know, having rewatched all these movies over the last like four months, there's going to be a ton of stuff that I'm going to pick up that I might not have picked mm-hmm. up if I hadn't rewatched them all fairly recently. It was, it was a huge benefit to me to have just like rewatched them uh, over the last two weeks when I sat down. So yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be in good shape sitting down and watching them, having just kind of like really parsed them and like done notes and done these episodes and stuff. It's going to be, you're going to have that much more of a nerdy fun time watching the movie. And then the other major thing for me is, uh, you know, even though they are all at their heart comic book movies, they do cover a lot of different elements and sort of subgenres within that. I mean, we've had like period pieces with like the, the original Captain America movie. And then to a lesser extent, the guardians of the galaxy stuff, like the earth stuff is period and that kind of thing. We've had spy thrillers. We've had like, you know, technological thrillers. We've had basically like straight up sci-fi with the guardian stuff. We've had the sort of mysticism kind of side with Dr. Strange. We've had like the sort of futurist element with uh, the Iron Man movies, sort of, you know, that uh, uh, sort of maybe not like castle intrigue, but like political intrigue and that sort of stuff as well with some of the Hydra kind of stuff and the world council. And so the fact that, like that they've been able to dive into and pull from all those different genres has really helped to keep it fresh overall. And also serves some, some mood with flash, which we can talk about later too. Cause occasionally you're like, (laughs) if you're watching them in a row, it's like, Oh, this is a comedy. And the next one's winter soldier. And you're like, wow, this is not a comedy anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Chrissy, how about you? What are the big, big draws for the MCU for you? Something that I think that they do better than a lot of people is tell stories in condensed timelines i i think that they uh, every writer of most of the movies save like you know i'd say a couple of our bottom tier ones like the dark world and blah 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 the original thor yeah Yeah. um i think that they've been 
written with a sort of like skeleton Marvel script idea where like they do follow a certain order, but that flow gives it sense and purpose and meaning. So they have to, they must sit in a writer's room and go, and go okay, so here's this point. We've got to get these, these characters are the things from, that are yeah, important. These are the characters that need to be here. How do we do this while making everyone have emotional relevance? And to me, that's yeah. another big thing is that it doesn't matter. And you'll see this tonight. You'll see this today, especially Tim, when you watch Infinity War, everyone has really strong emotional relevance, which is really hard to do with a, that many characters that you're going to see. Except save yeah, like, there's a few, I won't say, no, no, I'm not giving anything away. I'm not giving anything We can talk about this next week, Christy. I know. I wasn't going to talk about Infinity War when I was saying there were a few. I was going to say, okay. there are a few characters in the movies where they are kind of write-offs and you forget about them. But overall, yeah. even... Jesus, Tim. Like, overall, um, <laughs> the... Uh, like, you... The fact that you still care This is about, how I haven't been spoiled yet. Oh, gosh. This is, like, <laughs> you still feel things, like, for Uncle Ben. You know what I mean? Like, years and years... Even though, he's, hasn't been even though he hasn't been there for years. You still feel yeah. um, things about, you know, um, Odin, even though he was killed. And, like, the fact that, like... Well, he wasn't killed. Well, he just he died. died. But, like, do you know what I mean? Like, the, these small characters you still have emotional investments in. And you still feel their presence through the other characters. Yeah. And, that kind and of, I think yeah. that that is a huge reason I keep coming back. Because I've found that even, I'll say this, even with the Harry Potter films, they were done poorly because I didn't feel for a lot of the characters after they were gone or, like, feel like that connection with them yeah because a lot of them you only see for like maybe 15 minutes or yeah. something like that and it's hard to have a really deep connection with them whereas in this case what we've seen a lot of these characters we've seen for like eight or ten hours or more kind of thing and now they feel really lived in yeah. Or, yeah. or even the characters that you only see for one movie like you were saying they carry that weight through the like the the universe mm -hmm. and that's just a really strong story to me so that's what keeps bringing me back to the marvel movies is that they always have a really good like strong defined core idea of like how to make that emotional connection nice um anything else before we move on they're very good at suspense yeah i'm gonna blow my nose but they're yeah. very 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 good at suspense also, also world building, I think, is something we didn't talk about a lot. Like, they're just excellent at putting, like, giving you context for everything. Like, they, they bring you to, to World War II and they show you how that's operating in the Marvel universe. And, like, they bring you to Asgard and they show you how that operates in their, in the cinematic universe. And, like, you get to see just how, like, regular people are, like, with Iron Man and stuff. Like, well, regular people, he's super rich, but there are still just, like, <laughs> humans on Earth kind of operating, you know, doing stuff there. And then, like they give you they're awesome like guardians they give you like a really good through line of like how all this came to be and like what all this crazy cosmic nonsense is because like that's that's a hard sell for a regular audience if you don't do it right and they fucking killed it like they're just so good yeah and they they're able to get you invested in it even though it has so such limited ties to the rest of the universe and to earth and to anything that any of the audience would really identify with yeah, yeah. all right well in that case let's move on to next question which is which movies out of the whole series were the biggest surprises to you? Either they really exceeded your expectations or, you know, or you didn't have very high expectations for them. And like your expectations were like greatly exceeded 
or that you had really high expectations for them, maybe given some stuff you'd seen previously, and then they fell short for you. So go go maybe ones that I, I go either way. I don't care. For me, like I mean, we, I think we talked about this last week, but like the cheap and dirty answer is just Iron Man, like the first Iron Man, which I, I mm-hmm. went in with like. Like I had no expectations. I was kind of, I was curious more than anything, but I wasn't like, Oh, this is going to be amazing. Or this is going to be terrible. I was just like, what is this going to be? Like Robert Downey Jr. And John Favreau are in there. And for some reason, Gwyneth Paltrow, who I don't care for and never have, but like, I'm going to go sit down and watch this weird superhero movie for a character. That, like I have a certain amount of fondness for as a Marvel zombie, but for like the most part, most people are kind of like, who the f- Iron Man? That, that's the black Sabbath song, right? Like that's kind of what people think of Iron Man as. Um, and then sitting through it and just being like, holy shit, they fucking killed this. And I'm getting an Avengers movie. What the fuck is going on? Like that blew my mind in 2008. And this is like two months after having seen the dark Knight. So I was just like on a very big high for comic book movies. And they, yeah, I'm like, there's no way this can be as good as dark Knight. And like, maybe it, it wasn't, but it, maybe, it, it might not different. be, but it's, it's different. different. Yeah, exactly. It's different. And it's like, I feel like it's maybe not as like, it's not that level of like cinema, like, whatever you yeah. know what i mean like it's not like a citizen it's, Kane it's a movie not yeah. a film yeah exactly but like it was as a movie it was probably just as good as the dark knight to me like it was just as much fun to sit through as the dark knight ever was so i was totally blown away by that otherwise i mean guardians also was one where like i knew who they were going in but i was like i don't know how this is going to go for them like this could go sideways on them real easy but they just did such a good job of putting it together that even like my my ex who just thought all of my nerdery was just kind of like cute and kind of tolerated it came with me to see it and was just like, that was awesome. Can we watch more of these? And I was like, (laughs) okay, that's cool. Like you liked that. That's awesome. So yeah. Guardians was absolutely one for me too. Yeah. Yeah. But then like, I think my big one and it's because it's, that's why it's my number one is winter soldier because I was like, I wasn't sure what to expect from it. I thought it was going to be a little bit like a smaller, more personal kind of thing, especially after the first Avenger. And then they just turn it into this huge spy, like, like it's almost a James Bond movie that also has Hydra in it and Robert Redford. And it turns into this huge spectacle. And I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. So that one really surprised me. And then, yeah, that, that's the biggest one. And then, like, some of the ones later on, like the fact that they stuck the landing on like Ant Man and Black Panther and like doing a fucking reintroduction to Spider Man Mm -hmm. for the third time in 10 years, I was like, (laughs) God, you guys are just, you just know how to do this now. So, like, just keep going. Yeah. Nice. Was there were there any that really fell short for you? Not really. I I can't think of anyone that I'm like Doctor Strange in a way, like it, kind of in an after the fact way where I'm just like I liked it when I saw it, but now like when I rewatch it, I'm like, eh, I can take or leave it. Like it doesn't. I don't know. That character doesn't do much for me either way. So mm-hmm. I think it's because he's too similar to Iron Man. He yeah, he's very similar to Iron Man. And also, his powers are very nebulous. Like he's way OP. Like he's in theory too powerful for that universe right now. Like the the, the cinematic universe has yeah. been very grounded up to the point where you get to Doctor Strange, and now all of a sudden he's just like, I can. Here's this guy that can fuck with reality. Yeah, exactly. Like he can fuck I with don't reality. Know, Scarlet Witch is pretty. They, pretty they have mm-hmm. they haven't powered her up to the point where she is in That's the comics. True. So like, it's no, not... she's also like damn near omnipotent. In the comics. Yeah, like she's like no more mutants in like a snap of the finger, and like the mutant population disappears, yeah. kind of shit. Like she's like Omega level. Well, she's a mutant, so she is technically Omega level mutant, but like she's way more powerful in the comics. And they are starting to get there in the movies, but I can't talk about that. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Almost sorry. Really I'm sorry. It's just like, it's in my head. And I'm, we haven't said anything. I know. I know. No, we've been really good so far. So count your fucking blessings, <laughs> uh, you prick. 
Stop whining. <laughs> Christy, how about you? Honestly, my top um my top three were my biggest surprises. Surprise. So Black Panther, Ragnarok, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Yeah, um, them them landing Ragnarok was kind of surprising too. Actually, you're yep. right. That's well. I I went in to one, I went into Guardians of the Galaxy I'll start with because uh I I thought it was gonna be fun, but I didn't realize how well done like a comedy sort of mashup with that tenderness could be in a Marvel universe where it still took itself seriously as a Marvel movie, but it was so fluid with its like goofiness. I don't think we could have had Ragnarok if we didn't have Guardians. Oh no, absolutely not. There's no way they could have done Ragnarok without having established the Guardians tone first. There's just no way. And I think that that surprised a lot of people, but they had to lean so hard that way. And Guardians was the perfect opportunity to do it. And Chris Pratt was the perfect person to do it with. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, the more I see the Guardians, the less in love with them. I still really like them, but... I think it maybe just doesn't have the, they don't have the same yeah. rewatchability. Yeah. That a lot of the campiness of it is still really fun, but when you mash them together, you almost, they're almost become even goofier versions of themselves. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, uh, like, um, upon rewatch guardians was the one that I was like, man, I think I've seen this too many times. Like, it's just not sitting the right way. Like the way it did when I first watched it, like when it was yeah. fresh kind of thing, where it's just like, oh, I know the jokes and like, Okay, it's, it's they're not. I don't know. It's just not. Yeah, the rewatchability definitely factor on the Guardians movies is not as high as like an Avengers movie or a Winter Soldier, where there's just like a million things Civil going War on. Yeah, exactly. Like, like those cat movies, man, are just like holy yeah. shit. They've done a really good job of turning those ones around because it's crazy. And that it's me. Yeah. Like I still really appreciate and love Guardians Volume One because of its originality and the risks that it took. Yep. And then. um Really, I was just, I was stunned by Thor Ragnarok because it was something completely different, but in a way that was so accessible in that universe with Thor, because they'd already had the Loki character being kind of goofed and like Thor being bumbling. They kind of like brought that all together to formulate, like to form this much deeper, much more interesting character in Thor. And it reignited my love of the, like this, you know, this god who had been almost like Steve Rogers' problem, where he's just too good, and the god was yeah. like almost too like he was dull. Now he's not dull anymore. Let's face facts: the fact that it's like in the Chris Hemsworth container is not hurting anything for you. No, it's beautiful. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say a joke, but it would be a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah! Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. I was, but, I was thinking um, exactly the same thing. I'm like, how can I say this without spoiling anything? You can't. That's why I didn't do it. Yeah. So, but Tim's got to get through like another hour, yeah, guys. Yeah, if that. Not even. <laughs> but and then yeah, so Ragnarok just like opened up the doors to say like other like we can change our characters, we can create our characters into something new if they're becoming stale. And it was Marvel to me. It was Marvel saying, "Don't worry, we're handling your characters with care." But we are you know gonna I mean? make we are gonna make interesting left turns while we do it, yes. you know, which is really yeah. cool. like they. So like, I think they kind of did that with the cat movies because that was a big left turn too. Like the spy, like the real spy stuff I was like, whoa, this is a very different take on what they were doing before. Yeah. But then Thor is like this huge blowout comedy out of nowhere, which yeah. is like, wow, that's craziness. Like the, the way they, and it goes back to what yeah. Tim was saying about like the genre fluidity within the series, yeah. too, where they're just able to just be like, I think this Thor movie would be more fun as like kind of a, a space romp comedy. 
let's go do that. And like, oh, I think Captain America suits itself well to a really dour spy, like serious Jason Bourne style treatment. Let's go do that. And like, it, mm. it, they just managed to make it work every time. Yeah. It just proves to me that they are, the risks that they take are worth, like are worth it. So we yeah. should just like let it happen and mm-hmm. let it, let's see what happens. And then, you know, they learn from their mistakes. Like look at the uh, Thor, like the first and second Thor were very low on our list. And then, you know, but Ragnarok was in the top five for everybody, I think, wasn't it, Tim? No, it was like my, right. My, well, you it know, was in the middle of the pack for me. So, um, yeah. just kidding. but like, you know, we had a blast with it. And then Black Panther, I went in with Black Panther knowing it was going to be a good movie. But to me, and I said this when we were doing the review, Black Panther on its own was a standalone, phenomenal production. Did not need to be connected to the Avengers to be good. Doesn't hurt, though. Didn't need to be connected. Yeah. Didn't hurt. But it was like, <laughs> if you'd put that one up against, you know... They could have put that in Phase 1 and it would have been like... Actually, probably would have been the best movie in Phase 1 if they put it absolutely, in Absolutely, it would have been you know the best I mean? movie. Like, it would have killed it, but... Because they've but they also had by that point they had eighteen movies to kind of like hone this format down to like the finest edge. So yeah, and they couldn't fuck up Black Panther. No, oh, no there was no been angry. there was no choice in that one. So, but I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I found that the, my the three that I've mentioned were all risk movies, you know, and like Winter Soldier, which is my fourth, was a risk movie. Yep, agreed. Um, Iron Man in two thousand eight was a risk, and I find that even, even the Avengers, like putting all those characters in one movie together is like, that's a fucking weird, like big risk to take yeah. doing that. Something like that. Especially considering how much it costs to put all Absolutely. those characters. Yeah. And like, if you don't do it right, yeah. you like, I mean, I don't want to shit on the other guys, but like, you don't do it right. It comes up like justice league where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. It's fine. But like when, we, when Avengers came out, people were like, Holy fuck, that was crazy. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that Marvel's risks pay off. And that's why those are in my top. Like, my top ten are all the risky ones. Yep. Agreed. So, yeah, that's that's what... Um, the ones that are on my low list also explain how I feel and what didn't work. Thor the Dark World was sloppy. Yep. Iron Man 2 was sloppy. And... There's a lot of world building, though. I, I found when I rewatched that one, I was like, wow, they do a lot of... like. I haven't work. rewatched it. Maybe I should. It's weird when you rewatch it in the context of having seen everything else. You're like, holy shit, they did a lot of world building in this movie. Like, way more so than I remember. Yeah. The best part of it is, like, the character building and the world yeah. building yep. for me. Of Iron but Man I did find that, you know, maybe that's where Marvel had to learn that you don't need to say, okay, audience, here's absolutely everything you need to know. You know, like, they'll do their research if they're yep. a little confused. Oh, we will. And so, oh, will. to me, <laughs> that's one thing that Marvel has always not has always did for a while that really bothered me was when they did try in the beginning to squish way too much into one film. And like, I will say this with infinity war that doesn't happen. You don't get that feeling even though you should. And that's no, no. What I'm saying is that it shows growth that Marvel has grown and chill. I haven't said anything, Tim. Yeah. I wanted. I would rather just do this as though we haven't seen Infinity well, War yet. Especially, I feel really bad for but... Christy because she literally just walked out of the theater. She must be chomping just at the not. bit. Right well, now. that's well, her own. Chris, problem. if you need to rant, we can stay online after Tim fucks off, and you can rant at me for about Infinity War because I could <laughs> use the, a good Infinity War rant too. Because I've only had one. I only had one with Paul yesterday, so I need another one. <laughs> So for me, um, Guardians was definitely up there in terms of ones that surprised me. Just it wasn't a group of characters I was the least bit familiar with. And I, I mean, 
knowing what Marvel had been doing for the most part, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go see this. It should be good at least. But yeah, it definitely uh, well exceeded my expectations in terms of how well they sort of balanced the comedy and the story and the character development and stuff like that. And then the other one for me was, uh, was Ant-Man. Again, it's just not a character that I was like super excited about that, you know, nobody really knows much about that character. It's, you know, he's maybe like C-list at best kind of thing. Although he's had, he's had parts in the comics where he's, you know, been like an A-lister kind of thing. He's a, he's a founding Avenger and created Ultron. So like he is an important well, part of the history of Hank it. Well, sorry, Pym. Hank Pym is. Yeah. But like Ant-Man is Hank Pym, like whatever. I get what they're why they did it this way because they're I mean it would take focus away from RDJ which is just a stupid idea like I totally understand now why I was hot when they were like no Hank Pym was is already gone like he's an old man now I was like fuck what why but then the way they did it I'm like oh this works so nicely and then it lets them tie it back into like this like Haley Atwell's character Sharon is it Sharon Peggy 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 Carter sorry oh my god <laughs> Sharon Carter I got confused with the blonde girl yeah Sharon Carter. <laughs> blonde girl. Uh, Emily yeah, Van Camp is the actress's name. Yeah. Niece, I think. But Niece, either right. Way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And but like, yeah, all the stuff that they did in Ant Man, like, Ant Man is so rewatchable. I don't know why. Like, I, I don't, it's mostly Paul Rudd, I think, and like his support cast, but like, so much fun to watch over and over again, just because whatever. But yeah, Ant Man was definitely a surprise to me because I was like, Ant Man, and they yeah. already not using Hank Pym, right? Okay. And yeah. we'd already heard about Edgar Wright getting fired. So we're like, all, I was super on the defensive for that one and was yeah. like, oh, this is good. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Not the best, not the best movie out of all of them, but it was like, oh, so no. I yeah, it. exactly. It was just like, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, okay, I'm going to go see it, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. Again, it wasn't one of the ones that I like. I think it was around sort of my mid tier, but yeah, I was basically. expecting it to be like one of the ones that I wasn't going to enjoy quite as much. Yep. But going back to the Guardians of the Galaxy real quickly, uh, on top of all the stuff we already talked about, it probably more than any of the others again i'm saying this not having seen infinity war yet but really set the stage for more of that like cosmic side of the mcu as well which we oh, yeah. obviously need to get into infinity war and to get in all these other crazy characters and stuff like that um and 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 species and aliens and stuff like that too you know the neither the of us Kree neither and, the, and the ravagers and nova Corps and i know yeah neither of us can say anything <laughs> yeah like there's nothing um, we can't talk about so i'll just move on <laughs> The ones that fell short for me, uh, the ones that fell short the most were the Iron Man sequels, especially after that first movie, and which for me was my favorite out of all of the MCU movies. Having those be the follow-ups, I was like definitely expecting more than what I got. That being said, I don't hate them. They're just middling for me. Uh, and I think they were pretty towards the, or at least in the middle, if not the bottom of all of our rankings as well. I, I have a fondness for the Iron Man movies, um, even like even like looking past their flaws a lot. So like I rank them higher, I think, than you guys did. But yeah, I agree. There's there's some problems with both of them. But I think like I just forgive a lot because RTJ's on screen a lot, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is true. Yeah. OK, well, let's move on from that then. And into uh, the into fights, into battles. These movies are clearly have a lot of you know crazy action scenes and and superheroes fighting villains or other heroes and shit like that. So uh, out of all of the MCU movies, what is your favorite uh, close combat fight of the series so far? Oh, uh, can I answer? Or are you just going to go in sequence? Go ahead. The, it, the close would be Cap, Bucky, and Iron Man. Yeah, that was mine too. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's yeah, a good end one. Of, end, of, end of Civil War. Yeah. Not my favorite, but a good yeah. call. <laughs> no, and it's, it's, it's so, nice. It's so heavy. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's great because it it really blends like sort of the hand to hand combat with like the suit and the weapons and stuff like that. And Bucky's like bionic arm and everything as well. Like it really blends all of that stuff together. Yeah. Super well. It just shows how strong Cap and Bucky are. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like how ridiculously strong those guys are. Almost yeah. too strong in a lot of ways. Like there's there's a power creep on the Captain America character sometimes that I'm like I don't think he's supposed to, he's supposed to be the Super Soldier Serum is supposed to like jet him to the peak of human conditioning and he's there's like that's way, way past beyond human feeling. conditioning. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like he's way he's like into like Spider Man levels of power. You know what I mean? Like not crazy. Like I can crack the world, Superman strong, but like I can pick up a car and fucking toss it at somebody strong, which is. A little bit more of the ultimate cap. The ultimate cap tend to be more like super powered. Like he was the first one that jumped out of a plane without a parachute, I think, anyway. Like that whole bit was kind of an ultimate thing. So, yeah. But yeah, that, uh, that, that's a good fight because it is like they're hitting each other hard and shit. And like, yeah. you see, mm-hmm. and it's so quick and yeah. S- yeah, and so well choreographed. And you've yeah. got like Tony like pumping fucking blast right into Bucky's hand and shit like that. And yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So good. How about you, Mark? What what were your favorite close combat fights? Close combat, yeah, it's all Winter Soldier stuff. So like the uh, especially in the Winter Soldier movie, the first one on the street in particular, where Cap kind of finds out that Winter Soldier is Bucky. But like the whole fight leading up to that, like from getting in, getting them out of the car, like they're in the highway and they kind of attack them in the car, through to like coming off the overpass, and then like the two of them really getting into it, like the shield caving into the side of the fucking that van, like he throws it so hard. the van and cuts into it like which is just crazy like we were we had a, a weird little conversation at one point tim and i uh at the very least where i was like i'm trying to figure out how heavy cap shield is while i'm rewatching this because <laughs> i'm like he's tossing it at guys i'm like that's gotta fucking hurt like crazy oh getting set. that guy's bones are gone that guy's fucking dead and i, I think it was civil war <laughs> especially the intro to civil war where he's infiltrating the building and he throws it a couple times at just regular dudes i'm like that guy's rib cage is like just it's pebbles now like he's yeah, just shattered his, cage. his organs are all liquid yeah yeah because he smashed him with a fucking like 15 pound vibranium shield i'm like oh yeah awesome but yeah the 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 street fight in both of them even the one in the helicarrier too but the, the fights between those two where it's just like they're super powered but not like crazy super powered they're just super strong and kind of faster than the average human they're just really hitting each other hard but they're doing that like jason Bourne style kind of like close quarter like real krav maga kind of fighting i'm like yeah, that's right. That shit's cool, and they, the, the both of them obviously work their asses off to be able to do the close ups and do the stunts themselves to a certain extent. So, yeah, they work really hard on those. It's also, I guess, a little bit more like relatable for us as an audience, right? Like, I can imagine what it's like to get punched really hard by somebody. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what it feels like to get like nailed by one of Tony's like unibeams or something like that. Yeah, or webbed up and then punched in the face by Spider Man, kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I can totally picture like getting hit in the face with a fucking what, what I would assume is just like a like a sewer cover. Like, yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. And then, and, then, and then that guy also jumping off of a roof and kicking me in the fucking face with his full weight behind him. You know, <laughs> like that's going to probably cripple me, but like it's going to hurt like hell. Whereas like I can't. What is what does a repulsor blast feel like? I'm just like, I have no idea. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the yeah the one Christy mentioned definitely the Civil War Cap and Bucky versus Tony that was way up there for me. But the one that really was surprising for me on the rewatch that I was uh, found myself really just sort of enthralled by was some of the Doctor Strange hand to hand stuff where it like combines mm. sort of the martial arts and the mystic stuff together. 
Um, yeah. And part of it is just because it was something we haven't really seen in really any superhero movies that I can think of uh, to speak of. What really bummed me out was like that was how parts of Iron Fist should have gone. Like that should have yeah. been the yeah. fight style and Iron Fist should have worked a little bit more. And I was like, mm, they got Iron Fist. They got some Iron Fist on my Doctor Strange. And I was like, I'm okay with it, but I would like more of my Iron Fist on my Iron Fist, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully we'll see that in the sequel series next year, but we'll see. Yeah. And then there was also like there were they had like weapons and stuff like, you know, little stat staves and, and daggers and stuff like that, that they would channel the magic through and that kind of thing as well. So I thought that was done really well. And and again, it was just one of those things where like, hey, this is very different than any of the other stuff we've seen before. And that's kind of refreshing. And that was one of the reasons I think why maybe Dr. Strange was a little higher on my list than it might have been for you guys. Yeah. The only one other one I want to shout out that's kind of a, like a one on one fight is uh, Spidey versus Vulture at the end, like in the air on the plane kind of thing just because like you can tell Peter has no idea what he's doing and he's just flailing around trying to like solve this problem that he has no real way of knowing how to handle and stuff like that. Like he's just way out Mm. of his depth and it shows the whole time. I thought that was a really well, like choreographed it really well to show, still show him being like, he's still Spider-Man and has these powers and is kind of effective at using them, but he's just inexperienced at doing it properly kind of Mm. thing and fucks up a lot. Like, yeah, and luckily he's got like good enough instincts and good enough response time and that kind of thing that he can yeah. recover even if he does fuck up. Yeah, they, they crush they crush characterizing Spider Spider Man like as a fighter in that movie. I think especially like pre being trained with the Avengers kind of like Spider Man where he's just like really probably too heavily relying on his powers and stuff like that. I think they did a really good job of showing that in that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, I mean, really, the the big money shots for these movies is usually the big like fucking group battle scenes. Um, you know, not everyone has them, but the ones that do have them, they're usually really like stand out. Uh, you know, stuff like the Captain America sequels and the Avengers movies and stuff like that. So, what w- what has been your favorite group battle of the MCU movies so far? Not counting Infinity War again. <laughs> this is a tricky one to answer. Having seen that movie, I will admit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go first, Christy, or do you want me to go? Want me to go? You're still hacking. All right. Um, there's there's two right answers to this, and I'm not going to accept any other answers from you guys. So <laughs> it's either for nostalgia's purposes, uh, the Avengers, the Invasion of New York, or uh, Civil War, like the airport fight. Like if you're not yeah. saying one of those two, like come on, guys. Like that's a giant superhero <laughs> brawl like that with Giant Man and Spider Man. This is like I'm just hard for the entire span of that fight. Like it's ridiculously good. And there like little character beats, like having Spider-Man fuck off and chase winter soldier and Falcon and him being like, yeah. who's this guy? And like, what's going on? He's just yammering. Cause he's just nervous and doesn't know what to do. And he's just talking to them. Both guys like, you know, people don't usually fight that or talk this much during a fight. So whatever. And then he like webs them up and shit. It's like, I hate you. Like all this shit, like little character beats everywhere. Just so good in that fight. that. Yeah, like as a state, like I'll just go watch that scene sometimes, like just the like as they line up and through to like when they finish the fight kind of thing, like when Cap and Bucky escape. It's like this is well done. They did a really good job. Yeah, that one's my top one as well. That that airport scene um, is probably the main reason why that's my uh, I think my number it was number two on my list out of all the MCU movies is because I love those big like, you know, superheroes, both both teams think they're in the right kind of thing. Mm-hmm. think they're doing the right thing. And, uh, you know, you can tell that they really don't want to like kill each other or whatever, but they still need to do what they need to do to, you know, get the mission done or whatever, bring in Bucky or whatever. So yeah, that's the, I, and I love that it 
really well blended, uh, just outstanding, amazingly choreographed action, uh, with that like back and forth banter between the characters and, you know, you get the little bits of history coming through and that kind of thing. And then this super harrowing, like roadie falling right at the, like to cap it off. Too. Yeah. Like that was so intense. Like, as he's like, Oh shit, I'm dead stick. Like I can't control it. And Tony like is repulsing as fast as he can to catch him. And like, so is Falcon and neither of them can get there in time. And it's just like, oh, yeah, shit. And that super yeah. moment where Falcon's like, I'm sorry. And Tony doesn't even look, just yep. fucking shoots him in the face with a repulsor blast. I'm like, yeah, oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Yep. Those Russo, those Russo boys, they know how to fucking direct a Marvel movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> that being said, I do have, uh, I have a couple honorable mentions. One is the. Wait, I haven't gone okay. yet. Chris, go ahead, Christy. Um, this is more like I agree. Civil, um, Civil <laughs> War, like the airport scene, was great, but I also really love the dance battle in Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course, that's Christy's Fair answer. Enough. Of course, that's Christy's <laughs> answer. You know which one we, none of us have brought up though? Anytime. The Iron Man suits, because no. that one's my. That's other a good one, one actually. But uh, yeah. anytime right. immigrant song plays in Ragnarok, that was one of my honorable mentions. Amazing fight scenes. That's totally. Yeah, the, the, I actually, but the I Rainbow didn't... Bridge one. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, the Rainbow yeah. Bridge was good, but to be honest, I really loved the scenes with Thor, just like fighting in that. Like to me, that whole movie was just amazing. Like when he's in uh, but... the underworld or whatever with uh, Surtur. Yeah. 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 Very Surtur. beginning. Yeah. No, the the Rainbow Bridge is amazing, um, and that's an honorable mention for me. I was going to say my the dance battle with Guardians, and then my honorable mentions was the only thing I really liked about Iron Man three was the uh, house party, the suit battles, the house party thing. Yeah, the house party protocol, yeah. and um, that was cool shit. Oh. And um, Ragnarok, nice, yeah, nice. So the the other yeah. the other honorable mention that I have is I've got a real soft spot for that uh, Ultron church battle. Yep, where you've got those like really amazing panning shots uh, yep. through the room kind of thing yep. uh that was done really really well and was like obviously just like crazy fucking money shot even the intro scene to age of ultron like where they they do that that comic book panel oh, like, yeah. where they all diving yeah. across the screen thing is just so fun. yeah i love that and like i think again we have to like, go back to page, splash page yeah that's great exactly i was just <laughs> gonna say the same thing about the ragnarok splash pages that he kind of he builds those frames like the the flashback mm -hmm. to the the original defeat of hella or like some of the the stuff like the fights between Hela and Thor, where he really like stops slow mo's the panels like a comic book artist would, and like pulls out and stuff. I'm like, oh, you like yeah. you can give Taika Waititi all the fucking credit you want for like that making a hilarious movie, but like he has an amazing visual sense on top of that, which is well, he's a, so he's talented, a photographer, yeah. so so talented. So yeah, <laughs> I kind of do too. Now I I gotta watch that other one. I, maybe I'll watch that tonight. That was the first the uh, the one before shadows you were talking the what oh are you talking about uh wilder people that's the one yeah or, i have um, boy, ver boy versus shark no wilder people it was the one you were talking about last week i think mm. i think we were off it's air so when you were talking about it but it's so good yeah. um yep. all right so let's move on then uh these are movies that are really rich in uh as we've talked about like continuity and references and uh little bits of trivia and easter eggs and stuff like that what is your favorite like little Easter egg or bit of trivia or whatever from any of the MCU, MCU movies so far? I'm only going to do like two or three because otherwise we'll be here for another two hours because <laughs> I love this shit. And like this is this is my jam part of like the MCU stuff is just like a referencing other MCU stuff. There is a reference to the Fantastic Four in uh, Winter Soldier on the screens. There's a bunch of Marvel characters. They're just getting oh, named yeah, yeah. on the screen and stuff like that. I really I was kind of happy that they actually put the the 
the Marvel's first family in there. Like they put the Fantastic Four in there, even if they're just names, it kind of lets you think that like, oh shit, maybe one day kind of thing. Um, but like the real big one for me is like, it's right at the beginning and it got me super stoked for like Captain America and like just the ultimatizing, I guess, of the cinematic universe. Um, in Incredible Hulk, when they're prepping to turn Tim Ross into the abomination, they show Ross grabbing a vial out of a container that says weapon plus. Oh yeah. And I'm like such that was like, Oh, I'm so fucking hard for that right now. Cause that's <laughs> the weapon one program. Like the weapon program is what started as captain America and eventually leads down to t- like X or 10, which becomes Wolverine. And then yeah. like, there's like up to like 25 or 30 now in modern continuity with like a ton of other weapons. 20, and like 23 is uh, Laura. Okay. <laughs> Yes, twenty. Well, uh, yes. X well, she's a clone. She, well, sorry, she's a she's the twenty third clone of the X program, I think. So, okay. like, she still counts as ten, because mm. um, I think twenty three is Phantom X. Okay. But either way, so that's deep cuts, like two thousands, like kind of mid aughts X Men shit. So it 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 built it ties out into the bigger universe, which I think is really cool. And it's just like the way that they have centered the MCU the same way they centered the Ultimate Universe as being it everything is kind of an arms race to recreate Captain America. Yeah. Like all that stuff. So like in the, in the ultimate universe, even Spider-Man and the green goblin are like tied to Norman Osborn's attempts to recreate cap. Um, and that that's how they've characterized like the Hulk and stuff too, which they do in the movies. And like, so a lot of this stuff is just like weapons contracts, trying to recreate that weapon, like the, the super soldier program at the beginning. And that's kind of like the through line of the Marvel universe, especially now. And that's kind of the through line of the Marvel cinematic universe. And I think that's the best Definitely little Easter a, egg they could have pulled. Line, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's just a really cool little Easter egg for guys like us who like that kind of shit to see that the weapon, it's not just like super soldiers, like weapon plus you're like, Ooh, that's, there's a lot of lore there to, to grab onto and play with that. Mm-hmm. Especially now that they have the X-Men, they can start playing with that later on. You know what I mean? Like, they can do a proper Weapon X movie now if they want to and stuff like that. So Nice. Yep. Uh, how about you, Christy? Is there anything in particular that you've pulled out? I know you're probably the least read of any of us in terms of Marvel comics and stuff like well, that. But to be honest... It doesn't have to be comic stuff. Yeah, I, um, I had to look up a bunch of the Easter eggs because I haven't watched them as closely as you guys. No yeah. kidding, right? <laughs> like, at all. But um, one thing... Um, <laughs> I really liked was um, the uh, in Iron Man when you could see Cap Shield in the back. Yeah, I thought that was cool. cool. And then he uses it to like prop yeah. up a, a fucking like piece of conduit or something like that. Yep, that's in two. Um, yeah. And then the Infinity Gauntlet showing up in Thor. I like it better in Ragnarok when she's like fake. Yeah, like, yeah. pushes it over. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of fun. Um, like little things, and then you know, like Lou Ferrigno showing up in the Hulk in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. Yeah. That's so it. for mine, uh, mine. I mean, like the oh, shoot. we could Sorry. go on. You know, what hours was, and hours. What was and the hours. one? Go ahead. Uh, it's not Marvel though. It's it's not Marvel, but it should be. <laughs> it's i know it's not marvel but it's i guess no it shouldn't be included but the x-men when they find wolverine and when xavier and magneto find wolverine in the bar and he's just like fuck off but doesn't well, count doesn't yeah, count that doesn't, that doesn't <laughs> count <laughs> doesn't count 
that is a good gag though i will like yeah anytime they reference because they, they love re-referencing wolverine in the other movies like deadpool they constantly like him wearing the fucking yeah, huge mask and shit that shit kills me too yeah yeah i'm still cutting this out because it's not fucking relevant though <laughs> <laughs> uh the one for me um i mean like i said there's tons of amazing like little bits of trivia and easter eggs but the one for me i guess that's just more on the trivia side that uh i didn't know until i had uh, been watching the special features on the blu-ray during my rewatch um was that the shawarma scene wasn't filmed originally they didn't yeah. film it until oh, yeah. after their premiere Yep. So basically when they went through and they were, yeah. So when Joss and everybody were going through and like editing the movie and, you know, Tony has that line about like, yeah, we shall go for swarm after this. I don't know what it is, but I don't want to try it. Like they were like, man, wouldn't it be great if we had a scene that we could tag at the end where they're just all sitting around eating shawarma in like a fucking destroyed shawarma shop. And they're yep. like, well, everybody's going to be together for like the big, like Hollywood premiere, which is like two weeks before the actual movie releases, you know, nationwide. So they got everybody together at that point and got them on set in costume and everything, you know, for probably like a half hour or something and just filmed them all just fucking like eating shawarma in that shop and then yeah. turned it around and tagged okay. it on the end as a post-credit scene. It's, it's super funny too because like Chris Evans yeah. couldn't shave his beard because he was in another movie or something like that. So he came back with a full beard. So he doesn't move the whole with, time. Yeah, he's with a burrito his face. or something. <laughs> you gotta go look for it. But he's, he's, uh, he's, no, he's just like, he's got his, he's got it. He's doing like one of these, like yeah. to the camera, like he's asleep or something like that. Cause he's, <laughs> I mean, arguably, the, no, I guess not, but like he put in a lot of fucking work in that fight. Yeah. So like he would probably be super tired at yeah, the end of it. Yeah. And like the rest of them are just kind of like mowing down and stuff like that. But yeah, he's covering his face because he had a full like, well, Infinity War style build. That's not a spoiler. That's in the teaser. Now, so fuck off. I do. I do have one question. And Tim, tell me, tell me this if if uh, you don't want to know. I wish I had known going into Infinity War about an Easter egg that's there that has nothing to do with the actual like universe, a Marvel universe. Do you want to know? Just so you can look for it. Tim's got to take his no. Tim's got to take his headphones off. Take his take your headphones off for a second, Tim. When did you know yeah. Tobias is in a blue is a blue man in cutoffs? Outstanding. Yeah. That's my favorite Easter egg, but I missed it, so I need to go back and see it again. Yeah, I saw I caught that. I knew about it ahead of time. I so wish I'd okay. seen it. You don't think he'll want to know to look right. for that? <laughs> nah, it's fine. Let it, we'll, okay. we'll talk about it later. I don't want to ruin, okay. I don't want to ruin <laughs> anything. I just wish I'd known him. about it before if, if I went it, yeah, I want to go fresh. Yeah, if he catches it, he catches it. If he doesn't, we'll talk about it next okay. week, and he can see it the next time. It's fine. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that one I just really liked, just because it shows the, like, foresight that they have in these movies and the the sort of level that they're willing to go to for like good storytelling and like really you know just i guess that was also like kind of fan service kind of thing as yeah. well but that, that like that it's also world building you know, really it's, it's really technically hit. world building yeah. you know what i mean like it gives it makes the world feel lived in and like that kind of stuff so like there's because it's not like oh none of this other stuff actually matters it's just background material it's like oh no it's it's tagged with weapon plus like there's a story there like there's stuff it's going on outside yeah. the main like through line of the movies that they can like pull in if they want to or ignore and just like hint at it for guys like me or like anything. You know what I mean? Like it, they do a really good yeah, job. And it's, that, that, so. and it's stuff that they didn't need to include and that it really doesn't add that much to the movie as yeah. you know, each of the individual movies as themselves, but it makes us just appreciate them that much more on the whole, yeah. you know, that they, that they put these things in there and that they're there just for us to sort of grab onto and nerd out. It just shows how much they appreciate their fan base that they're willing to do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're fan, they're yeah. fans too. And they're trying to share that. Love. Exactly. Yeah. They're, so they're, yeah, yeah. they're just as big nerds as yeah. we are kind of thing. 
Yep. So, oh, God, Kevin Feige, will you please hire me to do something? <laughs> I need a job right now, so I could totally do some illustration work for it. Anyway. All right. Let's see. Let's let's go on to the one thing that we always talk about, which is gripes. We all love these movies. They have their issues. You skipped a question. So I did. And is, is there anything? So my my qu- other question that, that I skipped, since Mark doesn't want to skip it, apparently, is: Are there any other just scenes or moments or facets of the MCU that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet that you really want to highlight? Um, it's it's just a lot. I had just had like a list of little character moments that I really love that like stick out to me. So like, uh, I'll just yeah. list them real quick. Like Cap taking off his helmet to fight Batroc at the beginning of Civil War, or like that whole sequence leading up to that fight where he just mm-hmm. like jumps out of a plane without a fucking parachute, gets on the boat, just wipes out. 30 guys and then fights Batroc to a standstill and then, you know, like finishes the mission kind of thing. I was like, that's cool. That whole joke in civil war about on your left. Cause he, they keep repeating it and they still repeat it. Yeah. It's amazing. Don't even say, um, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Billionaire genius playboy philanthropist from the Avengers. Like when he's like, what else are you without the suit? And he turns out and he's just like, fuck you. That's awesome. Yeah. And then him just turning around and being like, then put the fucking suit on. Awesome. Tony hitting on Marissa Tomei, which I got wrong last week. I know, I know, but that fucking shit kills me. Guy in the chair from the not same Mira movie. Sorvino. Yes, not Mira Sorvino. Guy in the yeah, chair. Guy in the chair. Yeah. Uh, Rocket's artificial limb gag. Like, every time he sees an artificial thing, I love that shit. Uh, Thor and Loki's, like, brotherly weird relationship, which is going to pay off huge. Spidey and Tony's burgeoning relationship, uh, like that mentor relationship they have. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man shaking Cap's hand way too long. And then really like the giant man reveal just blew my fucking mind. Like that's just little things. And I'm sure there's like a dozen, two dozen more I can name, but like those are the ones that stand out to me. It's just being like, this is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. All right. For me, the ones that I had, uh, there were a couple that we'd already talked about, like that uh, uh, opening charge sequence in Age of Ultron Mm -hmm. was one of the ones, but we did get a chance to talk about that earlier. Language. Um, That shit killed me too. Like right at the beginning of the movie. (laughs) Shit. Yeah. Language. I thought that well, we can talk about that later. I the just the loved in the lived in team dynamics of the Avengers, which I'm sure I'm going to get more of today. I go see Infinity War, and uh, let's see what else the the that scene where everybody's trying to lift Mjolnir, and then yeah, Steve awesome. tries to go lift yeah. it, and you see Thor start to fucking sweat a little bit. <laughs> He's like, "Oh wait, maybe the he- fact that they broke Mjolnir before going before I get that Cap actually lifts the hammer scene is." god fucking damn it that angers me still like that's the one thing i can't forgive <laughs> taika watiti for is like i don't get to see steve pick up mjolnir and like throw it at fucking Thanos. we got vision yeah it's not this we got vision the, it's not the same it. though like like yeah. the cap character's like he's the superman of that universe you know what i mean like he's the core moral center of that universe so him being able to to handle sure. mjolnir is a huge 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 deal in avengers lore because he can only do it occasionally but it's only when he's like end of the rope willing to sacrifice everything like i need to be able to do this and he's able to pick up the fucking hammer mm. and it's like oh yeah here we go and now you know has gone so you don't you're not necessarily going to get that beat which i think would be really cool mjolnir has been like broken and remade before though hasn't it yes yes spoilers we gotta we have to move on <laughs> god damn i think i just spoiled myself there uh all right christy did you have anything on this question could you repeat it i didn't really hear what you were saying any other just this is just sort of a catch-all before we get into gripes just like scenes or moments or facets of the mcu that we haven't really shone a light on yet that you want to talk about no i just i feel like we've talked 
So I think the burrito was my favorite. We're done it like the shawarma or the burrito, the shawarma <laughs> burrito. Yeah. Um, the shawarma was my favorite. Just the beauty of Tony Stank. Oh God, yeah, Tony yeah. Stank. I love that shit. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that every movie has one of those moments that like you sort of forget about until you watch it again, and then you're just like, oh, that was such a good moment. Yeah, absolutely. So I just have to watch them again to really. I think after seeing Infinity War, I want to go back and rewatch them all. Yeah, so do I, and I just rewatched them so. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. So let's finish out with our usual gripe session. Like I said, these are all movies we love a lot, but they do have some issues, and we would be remiss if we did not talk about them a little bit. So let's go first to our biggest Marvel fanboy, Mark. Interconnectivity. When they do it, it's amazing. Or lack thereof. And then when they ignore it, it drives me insane. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, like, the huge wall between TV and movies is frustrating. Like half of my favorite Avengers team is locked on Netflix. Wolverine's still not there. The notion of having all their characters under one roof is so fucking tantalizing to me. Like to the point where yeah. I can't even begin to like parse out what I want, except I need like phase six to end with Galactus. Like that. I don't even know where to, how to get there. Like introduce the <laughs> X-Men, introduce the fantastic four, like get all these characters going and then like blow up the world hardcore with Galactus in a couple of movies. Like, that's where I want to get eventually, but like, like they're they're missing out on this huge opportunity to have like with with Tony and Spidey's relationship, whatever, like being so nebulous, like having him have that secondary mentor in Daredevil, which he has in the comics, or like that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like that drives me insane. So yeah, there is that, and then like in the movies themselves, like why don't they just call their friends? Like it, they they answer that well after Civil War, where they're kind of like at odds in a lot of ways, but like before that, you're just like. Why is he trying to handle this by himself? Call fucking Tony or call Steve or do like, why are you handling this alone? And it's like, it's a comic book thing. They do it in the books too. And it's always bothered me there too. So it's just like, eh. like you got to have that. Like Batman stays out of, or uh, Superman stays out of Gotham rule. But like, at the same time, it's like, it doesn't actually make any sense in a real world kind of context. So like storytelling wise, I feel it's kind of, it feels a little mm. cheap sometimes, but other than that, like, I have very few gripes about these movies. There is some, like, mood whiplash stuff, which we kind of talked about at the beginning, where, like, if you're watching them kind of back-to-back, some of the movies are, like, very tonally different. Like, yeah. the humor stays more or less the same, but there's either, like, it's cranked way up or just pulled to, like, two jokes throughout the entire movie. And, like, going from movie to movie, you can be like, I just watched Guardians of the Galaxy. What's next? Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's well, that's going to be fucking super dour <laughs> for three hours. That's awesome. And then you go right into Ant-Man, which is like, whoa, this is like, this is fun. But like, I just did that other thing, whatever. And then you get Civil War, which again, it's just like, holy shit, everybody's dying and like getting crippled and like everybody hates each other now. It's There is some like real fucking whiplash between the movies, which when you take like a year off between them, doesn't matter because you're just like, it's just another Marvel movie. It's great. I've had a ton of time to decompress between them. But when you get into like, oh, I'm going to watch one a week or something like that, you're like, Ooh, that's a that's a different feel, like a very different feel, which is to its benefit and kind of to its detriment when you watch it like that. So it's just whatever. It's not even really a gripe. It's just yeah. kind of like oh, that's it's, weird. It's almost it's almost necessary. Yeah. But it's still yeah, I can see yeah. how it still would catch you. I mean, I don't know that you know when they were putting these together, they were necessarily thinking that hey, people are going to watch all of these back to back kind of thing. No, obviously not. Obviously not. I mean, they should have known probably that they have hardcore people like us that are yeah. going to be like absolutely but doing that, especially when they get into a big event. Like, but you Infinity can't fault War. people or fault them for not catering to no. that mindset. No, no, not at all. My biggest one on this rewatch uh, in particular 
was just that they've been so hit or miss with villains and some of the movies succeed in spite of middling to poor villains, but they could be even better if they had a really good villain to play off kind of thing. But like you get like villains like Luffy and Malekith and Ronan and Ego that are just or Mandarin, Whiplash, Yellow Jacket. Eh, I'm just eh with all of them. I have a slight problem with Ego being lumped in there. I thought Kurt Russell did a pretty good job. He's he's probably like he's like a little he's like upper upper the top of the top of the shit tier of like the lower (laughs) lowest tier. Yeah, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like in that, like I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Kind of praising by face, but yeah, yeah. They've been crushing the villains the last little while, and like again, we have to stop (laughs) talking about that. And 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 the fact that in so many cases the villains just ended up being like dark reflections of the hero kind of thing. Like uh, that was the case with uh, with Yellow Jacket, with Whiplash, everybody. So yeah, with a lot of them, especially earlier on. Um, that being said, I mean there have been some amazing villains. Like we t- we talked about like uh, last week, our favorite villains, you know, Vulture and Ironmonger and Killmonger and Loki and Ultron. So they have they have had some really great ones. It's just. It's maybe 50-50 in terms of good villains versus kind of garbage ones. Yeah. Although, when you look at it, like, as they've gotten later into the the series, it, it has improved vastly, mm. I think. Mm. Like, when you look at the later movies, like, Hela was awesome. Uh, Vulture was great. Uh, obviously, yeah. Killmonger's fucking spectacular. Now, now <laughs> my line of thought has to stop now. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some, some middling ones in phase two, but phase three so far has been pretty solid with the, I mean, Ego's probably the worst out of the phase three villains that we've had so far. I think that's pretty safe to say. I'm also kind of over the just like mindless horde villains. And I know I'm probably going to end up getting that in Infinity War, but hopefully they do it better. But like when you get like, you know, just all of the Avengers fighting against like phase, like sea of Fate, you know, faceless Hydra agents or Hela's like uh, corpse army or yeah, or the Chitari or something like that. It's like there's just no stakes. I just don't give a shit when you know, there's sure it's cool watching them like beat down 20 dudes in the span of like 30 seconds kind of thing, but it's just way more has more way more gravity to it when it's a named character that we have some development on. So that's one thing that I hope that we start to get more of in phase four is. Like, I hope we start getting, like, villain team-ups or even, like, villain teams kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. I think we probably will. Like, they have now they have all those characters kind of back in the stable. They'll be able to start pulling some people and be a little bit more generous mm-hmm. with, like, the villains they use and stuff like that. Not worrying about, like, what the fuck are we going to do three movies yeah. down the line when we run out of villains? Like, having the, the X and Fantastic Four villain sets kind of to use as Marvel-wide villains, which they always have kind of been used as in a lot of ways, will alleviate like your big event villains from or like your your regular villains from having to be like held yeah. over for like big event villains because yeah. those guys are back now so i don't know if that made any sense but that's yeah no i think i see what you're getting at but yeah that was that's the biggest one for me that really stood out on this rewatch is just like every other movie you know through phase one and phase two i was just like this is a villain yeah. i just don't give a shit about yeah but, yep uh how about you christy what are your biggest gripes over the mcu um I would say, yeah, villains was a big one. Um, and then uh, sometimes I found that they gave too much to their audience. It was my gripe with um, Iron Man 2 and with a couple other things that they just they didn't trust their audience to understand. Well, so they were like kid gloving it at first, being like, 
just so you know, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Here's the entire plot. Don't worry. None of these people are actually dead. Like they're all going to like, you know, th- this is how superheroes work. If you've never read a comic, you know what I mean? So like anytime any of the heroes went like missing or whatever in their first like one or two movies, we were always like, don't worry, Thor will be back. Or like, I don't know. It was just, and I, I just found some of the plot lines. They just tried to fit in too much because they were just beating the audience over the head with information. And I think part of it was that they were they were sort of learning as they went in terms of how to balance the world building yeah. and the storytelling and the character development all with each other. And so I think they probably did over exposit uh, in a lot of places because of that. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's a, definitely a valid criticism, especially early on. Yeah, phase one and early phase two are definitely like there's some there's some exposition scenes that I'm like, this is wow, very unnecessary now. But yeah. whatever. in, in you know, yeah. 2010, so- it kind of wasn't. So it's like, well, all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big it's a big world to explain to a mass audience. You know what I mean? Like we're all on board now, 19 movies later. But like <laughs> at first, like if you weren't me or Tim or somebody like us who was going into these movies, you don't have that great an idea of like who Iron Man is or like the actual character of Captain America or like how interesting Thor can be if they do it right. It only mm, took them three true. movies to get there. But, <laughs> you know, it's fine. I like the first one. It's fine. It's fine. It's not great but it's at the bottom of my list for a reason so <laughs> fair enough um all right any other gripes before we move on and maybe kind of start to wind down wrap this up because you got to get going yep yeah i got about an hour i got a half hour before i gotta go yeah well no i think that they've really grown in phase three yeah yeah i think that overall we've it's become a much stronger movie universe yeah um well Sort of somewhat related to gripes. Uh, this was one of Mark's questions. Is there anything from any of the movies that if you were doing them, you would have done them, done it differently? You know, uh, a character moment that you would have taken a different way or a story point that you would have, you know, shifted in a different direction or something like that. Uh, Mark, this is your question. So why don't you go first? Where to start? Because I had a lot of these. Um, <laughs> I have like two that are probably really big and a couple that I've talked about already. Um, I would have reframed Thor so that you spend about the first half of the movie thinking that he's a crazy person and having him narrate all this stuff on Asgard to Jane, like just showing them as flashbacks <laughs> so that like it, you, cause like the, those characters think he's nuts and that he's lying and like that it's all bullshit, but we know that it's not. I think it would have been a much more interesting cause they do that in the ultimate universe where you're not actually sure if Thor is really super powered or if he just has like a tech suit or something like that. Mm. And I think that's an interesting way to play the character at first until you're like, Oh wait, no, he just brought the rainbow bridge down and like, an Asgardian army has followed him kind of thing, which is how they treat it in the ultimate books. Like that's how I would have run into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how I would have done Thor. Where, like the first half of the movie, you're like, I think he might, he's either lying or like something's fucked up. Like I'm not really sure if it's all real. And then like at the end, like the destroyer comes down and you see that like, Oh wait, Asgard, Asgard is real. And like all this stuff is real. And like, we have a real problem here, like that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that's one by now. Definitely. And I think I talked about this a bit last week, either on or offline, but like Black Widow, Hawkeye and Nick Fury would have had their own movie by now. Like there would have been a shield movie properly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. By now, like that's, I don't know. Also like Captain Marvel being like just coming out as like the 21st movie. No fucking way would have happened in phase two. If I'd been in charge, there's just like, I can't understand like i understand kind of because like she operates at a power level that's a lot higher than like like at a almost like a thor-esque level power level Mm -hmm. maybe even a little bit higher like she's way more powerful than they've broached in the movies so far Mm -hmm. but the fact that they haven't had a a female-led movie 
like both of those kind of bother me. So like Black Widow should yeah. definitely happen by now. And I think Captain Marvel should be like their big flagship Wonder Woman style character in the MCU because she's a very popular character and she's an amazing character. And also the fact that they got Brie Larson, who is my not so secret Hollywood crush <laughs> to star in that movie. Like that should have happened like a couple years ago. Like she should have been that should have been done ages ago to me. So, yeah. yeah, I will say that's another sort of gripe of mine is, is the representation has been getting better. I mean, obviously black Panther did an amazing job, but balance of female characters versus male characters early on was glaring. And, uh, and also there's not really much, if any representation of like non hetero people as well. Yeah. That's a problem that will probably persist until they introduce, like, especially with the women, like the female characters. I think that's a problem that will persist because a lot of Marvel's really big female characters are Mm X-Men. So like, that's going to become a thing where like, I could see an X team that's like 50, 50, like, and even maybe even more so like, if you have an X team, that's like Colossus, Wolverine, Scott, or like Cyclops, and then the rest is all women, you still have a badass fucking X-Men team. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? It's like, they have a ton like there's Jean Grey, Rogue, Storm like that's just like the biggest three I can name off the top of my head and there's still like at least a half a dozen others that would totally f- you could slot in very easily to an X-Men movie and have that be a very very female led franchise going into the future because you know they're just going to have a Wolverine that's going to kind of branch off and do his own thing and join the Avengers and do all that kind of stuff hopefully eventually so having the X-Men be a much more female led team I think is a really good idea and then also you have Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four who's yeah. vastly more powerful than all of her contemporaries mm-hmm. on that team too so fingers Actually, crossed Brie Larson would have been a really fucking good Sue Storm too now that I think about it but I think anyway. she's good where she is oh she's fucking awesome where she is I'm stoked <laughs> to see her as Captain Marvel like her playing Carol Danvers is just like that's very exciting to me so mm. how about you Christy you're you're given the keys to the MCU you're you're in Kevin Feige's uh, seat What what do you do differently over the past well, 10 years. I would have rewritten, rewritten Thor Dark World. Um, would not have cast Natalie Portman <laughs> as Jane. It was a mistake. I, I, I have a soft spot for her. So I, I'm not as hard on her as you guys are. I think she works really well in the first movie as just like fawningly like in love with him. If not really knowing. Like she does a good job she's in the first garbage. one. In the second one, she's yeah. like, does not give a shit. Yeah. I mm-hmm. would have very much changed the amazing spider-man um this the second movie that's not not mcu i, know, but not I, MCU. I almost wish that he was brought in i think he would have been okay but not having seen homecoming i, I mean, now having seen homecoming i'm totally happy with um what's his face that was a rumor that went around for a long time i do too yeah, sorry, that's what i'm saying like that's what my connection is that's where my connection is i would have changed the amazing spider-man to to be a better film to prove that Andrew Garfield would have functioned really well in the MCU. The Avengers tower was supposed to show up in one of those movies. Like they were in talks to have that happen during those movies. Yeah, but then when two, flopped. when two flopped and two was, two was really it bad. Was so it was rough. Yeah. I know it's not MCU, that, that killed but it. if I would have liked to have seen him have another chance at it, cause I think he was a good Spider-Man. I mean, if you're talking like that, uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman oh, yeah. against fucking, it's RGK really upsetting and, like, that, that he's not going to be there. Yeah, that's going to make me a little crazy. Like, whoever they cast, I'm sure they'll do a great job because they've always done a really good job of casting. You're going to be like, it's still yeah, not Hugh fucking, fucking Jackman's Wolverine. <laughs> but MCU-wise, too, um, I think that I just, I would have, I hated what they did with Pepper in Iron Man 3 and that it's never been mentioned again. Having her be extremist. 
It's uh, comic accurate at the very least. So there is. Yeah, that. but it was just a shitty plot device. Yeah, I just I don't like Linda Paltrow, so I'm like the less I can see of her, the better. Like I like these little cameos she does now, where it's just like, oh, yeah. they still acknowledge Pepper being there, but she's not like a driving thrust of a plot anymore. Because Jesus, I hate Gwyneth Paltrow. I know. I just don't like. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. Pepper is a bland character to me when she could have been so much more. Yeah, I mean, I started out really liking Pepper, but I mean, especially it's just hard for me to separate her bullshit like goop crap from all this now and so yeah. i would honestly rather her just be written out somehow yeah good luck with that <laughs> i know um i know it's probably not gonna happen well it's especially because her and rdj are like girl. super close friends now like i don't oh, know when that yeah like he's the one who keeps because she didn't want to come back uh, and that's why they wrote her out at civil war but mm. he talked her into like showing up in homecoming and going forward which i can't talk about now so let's end this topic <laughs> all right so my biggest ones are Captain America related. Number one, I would have had Steve and Peggy have their happy ending. It's somehow, I don't know how exactly you work that, or at least have like them get to have some sort of like ongoing relationship before uh, Steve has to fuck off. Don't say anything. Well, no, there's no spoilers, but like theoretically they have the time stone, right? Like he can go back mm. now. You know what I mean? Now that everything's done, he can go back if he wants to. Well, yeah, I guess. Or they can bring her forward or they can do something like that. It's something it could. It's it's too fan servicey in my head, but you could have it happen if you really wanted to give Steve Rogers the ending, like a good, happy ending. I agree with him. I would have liked to see more of Peggy. I thought she was a great character and like to lose her like that was very sad. Watch Agent Carter. It was fucking great. It was a good show. And it's it's not very long. It's only like 20 episodes because it got canceled way too early. Two seasons. But it was it was fun seeing her like just be like a shield operative in the 50s. It was super cool. I like that show a lot. And then my other big one is that uh, I would have gone a different way with how they CGI'd scrawny Steve Mm, Rogers. Yes. Because it just it kills. It doesn't kill that movie for me. But like it really takes me out of it when like, you know, you've got like this weirdly proportioned head kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did a better job of it in First Avenger than they did in any of the sequels where they flash back to it. Because there's one, I think, in Winter Soldier or Civil War where it's like him and uh, Sebastian Stan talking and like they did that like a real quick cutaway to that scene. And it's like, holy shit, that looks terrible. And then it's gone real fast. Like, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's there is one cutaway to it. I think it's in Winter Soldier where they're like they're I think it's yeah. the two of them talking about like Cap's parents had just died. And he's like, whatever. But like the the, the effect on Chris Evans, like shrinking him down looks Mm. jarringly bad like green screeny yeah so yeah yeah i think they needed to do it like like how they do tony in the suit kind of thing where they just have like a body double with like a green screen head kind of thing and then you just you know uh composite it over top kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah those are the 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 only ones for me that like i would really have liked to have seen done differently over the whole over the whole thing i think yep all right. Well, the last question, again, is not one that the guys can answer anymore because it had to do with sort of our uh, feelings going into Infinity War. Uh, but I will answer it anyways. Uh, it was going to be, what are your expectations going to Infinity War and what do you want out of it? And uh, no, no, you guys don't get to say if I'm going to get this or not <laughs> an hour from now when I start to see it. But uh, I expect and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get just massive status quo shakeups. Uh, that's one of the things I I really enjoy about the MC move, movies is that they're willing to just throw things all up in the air and and let things affect everything for a while to come. I'm expecting at least one death of a lead character. I do know that there are people that die at least because 
BuzzFeed post, posted an article that was like, these are all the characters that die in Infinity War. It didn't show like who it was, but just the type, like, unless you click through, but obviously the title implies. And I hope that those deaths are at least semi-permanent. You know, that those, these characters are not going to be ones that uh, end up coming back, you know, in the next movie or like t- even in the next like few years kind of thing. Um, I hope we get the emergence of a new Avengers team that might happen in the next installment rather than in this one. And I, I kind of want an Empire Strikes Back kind of ending where Thanos is victorious. And I don't see any way that they I, I think this is kind of the way it has to go, where you, you can't have like a second movie, like have this movie split up into two parts like this without having you know, a massive cliffhanger at the end kind of thing. So yeah, Thanos wins, has some massive victory at the end, and then we're left wondering what happens to everybody kind of thing. And that's all I'm going to say about that, because I get to go see this movie now that I've been wanting to see, well, for years now, but really desperately over the last couple of days. Do you guys have anything to add before we go our separate ways? I'm not no, going to say anymore. Really. No, I can't really. I don't want to say yeah, anything. I can't think of anything that, else like, to say. My face says point. what my or my eyes say something. <laughs> as soon as he started talking, I was like, I got to look at my phone and poker face this. Like, I can't say shit. Like, <laughs> I know. This has been an interesting one, guys. So thank you very much for listening. This has been Dance Robot Dance episode 93. Tell us what you guys have thought about these episodes. Uh, you know, give us your rankings for the MCU movies anything you would have changed any of your gripes any of your favorite battles any of that sort of stuff answer it for us you can do so at uh, facebook our facebook is facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast you can tweet at us at underscore or drd underscore podcast you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com if you are not already a subscriber please do so on Apple Podcasts or Shout Engine or Stitcher or the Google Play Store or most places where pods can be casted. (laughs) And with that, thank you very much for listening. This has been Tim and Mark. That's it. That's all I got. Finger snap. Uh, See, that one is one that I'm almost expecting because I know it's in the comics. And Christy. Yeah, bye, guys. I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next time. After the Infinity War, we'll have PTSD. Yeah, seriously. I think we. Have, I think two of us do. I'll, 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 <laughs> have a good night, guys. <laughs>